Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Will Peterson, Rachel Hill, both tired because we were up like late last night for an avalanche win, but we're not complaining because game one was absolute domination for the abs, Will. You've had a few hours to process. Still just as hyped as you were last night? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, you wake up after a playoff win. It's always a good thing. The Nuggets just played five playoff games, and we were only happy one time. And that was after the series was really over. We all knew they weren't coming back from down 3-0. So uh, to wake up today knowing they're still the cup favorites, they were always the cup favorites for a reason. What they did to Nashville last night was not even competitive. Rachel, I had a, I had two props in our uh, post-game video last night. I brought one back this morning. Still got my pom-pom. We're keeping the energy going here on Coffee Break. Uh, the Avalanche looked absolutely dominant last night. I, we... We, we expected that to happen, but to see it come to fruition with five goals in the first 15 minutes of the game, an absolute roller coaster in the best kind of way, a, a roller coaster that you love, uh, one that thrills the whole time. There was no ups and downs. It was just ups and then a massive uh, just beat down of the Predators. So, yeah, could not be happier this morning. And, uh, you know, we're, we're one down, 15 to go. We are one down, 15 to go. Mission 16, W, obviously wanting to get that Stanley Cup. But, yes, it was so much fun last night, obviously. It was literally an avalanche of goals in the first period, which was just so much fun to watch. But as you look ahead to game two, what needs to be the goal for the avalanche? Obviously, putting goals in the back or putting the puck in the back of the net multiple times, if we can get seven again, we'll take it. But what really just needs to be the one thing that they need to focus on? It's composure, right? We saw Nashville try to goon that game up last night. They were picking fights, especially the last uh, or the end of the second period, and then the last five minutes of the third period. Landeskog was still out there, McCarr was still out there, and Nashville was getting embarrassed. A and B just trying to muck this series up because they know their only chance is to win and to win ugly and to get under the Av skin. I thought Jared Bednar had a great quote last night of, hey, we've instructed our guys to stand up for themselves, but not to get carried away. It's not about your ego. It's about the team. A lot of people were in that on social media. Of like, that's a really good quote, because if it was about your ego, you could do something dumb. I mean, Looking at you, Nazem Kadri. not that, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about him in a minute getting a cool honor, but let's be honest, his history is that he does dumb stuff in the playoffs. So game two, Rachel, obviously you want to win. I would be stunned if they don't with how uh, how much of a mess the uh, Nashville goalie situation is. But more importantly, keep your composure. Don't get suspended. Don't take a dumb penalty and don't get hurt. And those kind of go hand in hand um, because if you're playing recklessly, you're more likely to get injured. Uh, of course, injuries can happen at any time. It's a violent sport. But, man, they've just got to not let Nashville get under their skin, get this thing done in four games. I don't have my broom with me this morning, but I'm still picking abs in four. And, uh, yeah, let's just get this one over with and get some rest and hope St. Louis and Minnesota beat each other up for seven games and the abs can get six, seven days off before round two. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we need to give credit to James Merrill at both of our bosses here on Coffee Break. Yesterday, James was live with me, and he predicted the score of the Avs game last last night. Let's take a listen. Yeah, Avs come out tonight, and I think it's a buzzsaw. I really do. I'm sticking with my seven spot. Oh, you did say that. So I, I, How I'm many gonna, are you giving the Preds? I think they'll get a couple. I think it's 7-2. So, uh, look, the, the Avs are going to hit the over by themselves. We'll okay. go with that. 
So funny. We have to give him credit because I know he was so excited to have picked it correctly. The the Avs got a freaking touchdown, and they had more goals than runs that the Rockies had yesterday. I say it was a great day. Yeah, you know, everyone likes to make the tacos joke on Twitter, right? Because when the Rockies get seven runs, they get tacos. Uh, the Avalanche this year have gotten tacos multiple times. They got tacos again last night. Uh, disclaimer, you don't actually get the taco deal if the Avalanche <laughs> score seven goals. The Rockies have to get seven runs to get the real tacos, but you're right. I think the Rockies lost like 10-2 last night. Uh, I did not watch a single minute of the Rockies. Not ashamed to admit it because we had bigger fish to fry with the Avalanche game. But, yeah, uh, tacos for everyone and kudos to James Merlat. 7-2 was spot on. I got to say, you and I and Jake Shapiro – did uh, fat, or, uh, face-off yesterday afternoon, and I said 6-2. So I was off by one goal. And then we got to give Zach By a little bit of credit too, Rachel. He said 3 nothing after the first period, an onslaught. Well, guess what, Zach? It was 5 nothing. You were only off by two goals, but he certainly had the tone the abs were going to set right. I think almost everyone at the station nailed that that last night was going to be a laugher. This team had a lot of built-up anger from not only how they finished the regular season, but what happened against Vegas last year. They started to avenge that stink a little bit. I know it's a long way to go. I wrote a column about it and got a lot of, it's just one game, it's just one game. It's like, I said it's just one game, but all they could do was play the one game last night. And and, and again, it's a small step, but it's a step towards uh, really revenge for some playoff failures, especially for Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon, who are now in their 11th and 9th years in the NHL. They're no longer young. Like, it's go time. These guys got to get cups. We're I was listening to Sean Drotar last night before the game. He said legacy. Like, we're starting to talk about legacy for Landis Gog and McKinnon. If they ever want to get in the conversation with Sackick and Forsberg, they got to start winning cups. So now, now is the time. And last night, again, was, was all they could do. It was one step toward uh, the needed 16. Oh, my goodness. That legacy word really just hits you deep. Well, Sean also mentioned how the Avs, they can't win this series if they don't have Nazem Kadri. He said they can't win this series. They can't win the cup without Nazem Kadri. And like you mentioned, he gets a pretty cool honor in the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. So this kind of goes out to individuals that have a positive impact in the community, the investment of time and resources, commitment to a particular cause or community, um, commitment to the league's community initiatives, creativity of programming, use of influence, engagement of others. And the first place finisher receives a $25,000 donation to benefit a charity of their choice. Um, So each team gets one individual that gets nominated and then obviously kind of goes down the the list there. But yeah, really cool for Nazem Kadri. Obviously, he's been a huge name for this team. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, he may be known for fighting, but sometimes you need that physical player. We talk about Gabe Landeskog all the time. He's a fighter for this team. And you sometimes you need people like that on your team to really be able to kind of push you and lift you and to defend you. Yeah, I mean, first of all, for Kadri to get this honor shows great character off the ice. And I don't think anyone's ever questioned that, right? Like, I don't think anyone thinks he's a punk in the community or he's a bad guy. He just has trouble controlling his emotions on the ice at times. So that's where um, when Sean says they can't lose him, that's what he's talking about. It's like no one thinks Nazem Kadri is some punk or some bad dude. It's just that we need him to keep his composure because one, you know, dumb play, for lack of a better word, could lead to a suspension Something like that. So fine line in my eyes between fighting, toughness, and dirty, right? And we saw a little bit of dirty last year. He got eight games for his hit against uh, the Blues 
And listen, it was a dirty play. The NHL doesn't hand you eight games unless it's dirty. Um, you know, you can debate suspensions sometimes that are one or two games. Like, what are they thinking? That was a clean hit. Eight games, pretty much universally accepted that what he did um, was not cool, not okay. So uh, to see him get this honor, very cool. Rachel kind of reminds me of the Walter Payton Man of the Year in the NFL. Every team gets one nominee. So long way to go for Kadri to actually win the whole thing. But there's a lot of good dudes on that Avs team. So for them to make him the nominee shows that he's really excelling in, in you know, frankly, almost, or excuse me, frankly, more important stuff uh, than hockey. And that is where he making, where he lives a better place. So kudos to Nazem. And let's just hope we're not talking about another Nazem Kadri suspension uh, these entire playoffs. I don't want to deal with it from now until June when they're hoisting the cup. That would be, that would be my goal. Yeah, absolutely correct. And we're waiting for another award to be dropped in Colorado sports, and that's the MVP for the NBA. We're patiently waiting in hopes that Jokic will be named back-to-back. But, you know, social media is a great place, but sometimes people get it wrong, right? You always heard the lesson, like, don't believe everything you see on the Internet. Well, that was the case last night when there was a picture going around of Jokic in a Colorado Avalanche jersey, and everyone thought – that he was at the game last night. First of all, there's one thing in particular that will date this photo, and it's the fact that Pepsi is up in the right-hand corner. Um, It hasn't been Pepsi Center in a few years now, so this is definitely an old photo. And if you pay any attention to here at the fan, we know that um, Jokic is back in Serbia, probably already riding horses. So (laughs) unfortunately, Jokic was not at the game last night. And Will, you called people out on what you saw last night, and we appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, the story here, Rachel, you can see uh, the tweet was deleted by the tweet author. That's a major national outlet, The Athletic, that said, oh, look at the Joker supporting his avalanche brethren or whatever at the game tonight. And it was like, come on, guys, as you mentioned, Rachel, uh, do a little research. You're the you're the sleuth here, investigative. Good call on, on seeing the Pepsi sign. But it's like, We all know the second the NBA season ends, Nikola Jokic gets out of here. He gone. He going to Serbia. He's going to hang out with his horses, uh, his countrymen. He he loves when Coach Malone comes and visits him over there. But I love so much that he still um, is so tied to his roots, right? Like clearly where he grew up, his people, his country, all so important to him. Believe me, Nikola Jokic wishes more than anyone the Nuggets were still in the playoffs, but as we discussed, he left it all out there. He's likely going to win another MVP based on the ballots that have leaked. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Um, so, yeah, come on, Athletic. Do better. I know you're hip. I know you're cool. I know you have subscribers, whatever, but your social media guy uh, needs to get a little sharper because that was a big mistake last night saying Jokic was at the Avs game when the photo was clearly like three years old. And it blew up. I'm not kidding. Everywhere I saw, all of a sudden, I saw Jokic in that sweater, you know, with that picture, everyone's saying, oh, Jokic, big Colorado Avalanche fan, like all this stuff. Like when an outlet like that lets a photo out, everyone runs with it. And I was just like, he's not here. Like Monte Morris was there. I didn't even see him on the Jumbotron, but I saw pictures afterwards. So kudos to him for sticking around and watching the game. But I was like, come on, guys, let's be better. Like you said, Will. Do better, uh, but good for Mr. Nugget, Monte Morris, being in the house. Nice to see that uh, even though their season is over, he's still representing. Rachel, we've had these dual playoff runs the last few years, right? Like abs, nuggets, abs, nuggets, abs, nuggets. 
so weird. This is the first year, you know, I know with COVID and the bubble, it was a little thrown off, but it feels like it's the first time in three years that they're not like alternating nights and playing at the same time. It's crazy that the Nuggets season ended before the Avs playoffs even started. So listen, the Avs are going to get all the support. Of course, the Rockies are playing too, but uh, you'll see some Broncos at the Avs games, I'm sure. You'll see more Nuggets at the Avs games, I'm sure. And uh, Jokic was not there, but Monte Morris confirmed was there. Indeed. All right. Well, the big news too coming out and we got to give credit to Jake Shapiro because he broke this news earlier this week, but it's official. The Broncos are heading to London on October 30th to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. First of all, London, are you kidding me? How much fun will that game be? It's great, but I'm going to be negative from the jump, Rachel, and I'll tell you why. This game was announced. It kicks off, kicks off. 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Like, really? Uh, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time? And I got some responses like, oh, well, if you have kids, then you'll, you'll love this kickoff. Well, first of all, I don't have kids. <laughs> Second of all, like, I like my football at 11 and 2. And then with the Broncos and Russell Wilson, we're going to get a lot of primetime Sunday night football, Monday night football. I'm not trying to do 7.30 a.m., you realize London's seven hours ahead, right? So if I do some quick math off the top of my head, I believe that's a 2.30 p.m. local start in London. If you just make that a 6.30 local start in London, a primetime game, what a novel concept, then, you know, it's an 11.30 a.m. kick here, basically like going to the East Coast, playing the early window. So, I, okay, now that I got that ran out of the way, it's very exciting, Rachel. It's the first time really? they'll be it's the first time they'll be back in London since Spygate with Josh McDaniels. You know, the one game they played in London uh, came shrouded in controversy because Josh McDaniels was, you know, scumbags too strong a word, but whatever's right before that. So, um, you know, it, it'll be nice for them to return and it'll be nice for them to return in a game, Rachel. They're going to be a two touchdown favorite. You know, it, it's, it's the Broncos 11, 12 wins versus the Jaguars, which, I know they got a new coach, whatever. They're still the Jaguars. They're going to win like three or four games this year. So hopefully they win in a laugher. And it, uh, you know, our pregame show, it makes our, I don't know, 6.30 a.m. wake up call to do pregame worth it. Well, we're just hoping that we're in London for the game, okay? We got big plans to go to London. That's the goal here, which will lead us into to the next part of this show as we are doing this or that London edition, all the fun things that you can do in London. Let's do it. All right. First of all, London's always been on my bucket list, so I'm totally down to go to this game, but let's do it. First, this or that. Are you going to Buckingham Palace or Big Ben? You only get to choose one. Well, where are you going? Okay. Um, you know, Buckingham Palace has the guards and the goofy hats, right? So, because yeah. they're protecting the queen. Um, but Big Ben. I think that's like London's version of the Eiffel Tower. It's the the most historic landmark. So I'm going to go check out Big Ben, even though it's just a clock, really, I guess. But, uh, Rachel, I do have to say you're doing a good job of trying to convince our bosses because I was ranting and raving about 7.30 a.m. But if we get to go to London, 2.30 kickoff. We'll have no issue. I got no issue with a 2.30 kickoff. That's great. So, yeah, forget everything I said. We'll see you in London, and uh, we'll see you at Big Ben. I mean, our bodies will probably still think it's 7.30, so it might be a little rough, but we'll still take it. I mean, to be in London, to see Buckingham Palace, that's my choice. I want to see maybe the slightest chance you can see the queen if she's there. You know, like, 
all the fun things, the like possibility. That's what excites me. I do agree though, that big Ben is just kind of like a clock. So I don't get the total excitement around it. Maybe there's some history that I need to like dive into, but we're just hoping that our bodies will be adjusting at that seven thirty time, but we'll actually be there. So it'll be all worth it. No doubt. No doubt. And you're right. A glimpse of the queen would be a treat. Uh, I'm putting the odds at one in a million, but you, you could be that one in a million. And if, if you are, then you should go buy a lottery ticket too, because maybe luck is just on your side. I mean, it's going to be a one in a million shot that we're both going to London. But oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Next to this or that, let's hit it. The Tower of London or Hyde Park. Where are you going to be spotted? I just think Hyde Park looks beautiful, right? Like just going on a long walk there, exploring through Hyde Park would be awesome. Uh, the Tower of London, I don't know much about. So I'm going to lean towards Hyde Park. I think it looks like their version of Central Park in New York City. So give me Hyde Park. Give me a long walk. You know, during COVID, we all had to keep ourselves occupied somehow. My biggest thing was long walks around the neighborhood. Um, I live in the DU, University of Denver area. So it's pretty, but it's not that pretty. I'll take Hyde Park. How about you? I'm going Hyde Park too. Yeah, I feel like it is Central Park out there in the UK. Looks gorgeous. There's like lakes. There's a little river it looks like. So definitely doing that. I don't know what the weather will be like in London come October 30th. I'm assuming kind of chilly, kind of like here in the United States. So I picture like bundling up with like a coffee or hot chocolate in hand and just like walking through the park. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sign me up. I'll, I'll book my ticket today. I love it. All right, next to this or that, we're going on the food. So we got sticky toffee pudding, or are you doing the London tea? Mm, You know, I feel like tea in London is obviously hand in hand. We should change the name of this show to Tea Break that week. Uh, We had joked about a little bit, but I got to go sticky toffee pudding. I mean, I've never heard of that. I've, I've never tasted it, obviously, but seeing it right now, it's like, Okay, if you're going to go to a foreign country, you got to be a little adventurous. That looks adventurous to me. And I love toffee and I love pudding. So I bet it's delicious. I'm going sticky toffee pudding. Do you think it like gets stuck to your mouth though? Is this like one of those things you don't eat around other people because you like, you know, you're having to like move your mouth and you just have like this sticky consistency in your mouth? Yeah, it's like a Laffy Taffy or something. Yeah. Like you're, you're gonna have to brush your teeth, and even that won't get it off. So, yeah, you are concerning me a little bit on that front, but I'm still sticking with the sticky toffee pudding. What, which way are you going on this one? I'm going tea time just because it's always kind of been like that dream, right? I feel like as a little girl, people always talk about like, oh, having tea, like to go to actual London and to sit there and have tea, have like the little sandwiches that they give, especially if you can have the view that they have in this picture. Sign me up. I'm ready for it. Fulfilling your like uh, dreams of, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like a London princess, right? Like with your tea time. There you go. Oh, maybe I'll get a crown while we're out there. I'm sure the people <laughs> on Twitter will have an absolute joy with that one. All right, next, this or that. Are you going full English breakfast or fish and chips? Oh, uh, I got to go fish and chips. That full English bref- breakfast just looks so heavy. Like if you if we tried to do that and then go cover Broncos uh, Jaguars, I, I feel like you'd just be full and kind of just bloated all day. Yeah, you'd take a nap. So I'm going fish and chips. You know, there's some good fish and chips places around Denver that I really enjoy. Um, obviously, the chips are French fries. We get it. But 
I, I would love to try it in London too and compare what we have locally versus the real deal um, across the pond. So yeah, give me the fish and chips. I don't know. Are you you taking the bacon and sausage and eggs, or are you coming to me with or are you coming with me for lunch? So I'm going with you for lunch, and for two reasons. One, that looks like so much food that I would eat like two pieces, and it would be a waste of money and a waste of the food. And the, my second reason is that I'm not a bean fan, so eating beans for breakfast just doesn't seem part of what I want my day to look like. Yeah, um, I do think I would be exhausted. Reasons, multiple reasons, yeah. Yeah, but I'm also not like a huge fish person. Love shellfish, like crab, um, shrimp, or um, lobster, anything like that. Love it. But I do think when you're in London, it probably tastes super different than it does out here. So I'm going to go with you on the fish and chips. I think it does actually look pretty appetizing. And I'm sure like the because I think they do like tartar sauce with it, right? There's some sort of yes. sauce. Yep, it's a tartar sauce. And it's a pretty light fish, so it's not like... Like, I don't like, like, fishy fish where I feel like I'm eating the ocean, you know? It's like a light fish. So, it and it's breaded, you know? You, you bread anything, it's good. I, I think in London, you'd enjoy it. I think so, too. All right, moving on to our next this or that. Okay, so cool desserts that they have there. I obviously did a big uh, deep dive into some food that they've got out there. So, this one on the left is called Milk Cool. So, it's, like, ice cream with cotton candy around it, which looks pretty interesting, or they have bubble wrap waffles, which is like a waffle consistency. You can obviously see it's kind of shaped like a bubble wrap. Um, and then you've got ice cream. You can put like all sorts of stuff. People had M&Ms like all over some of them. So which one are you taking if you got a sweet tooth? Yeah, we're feeling adventurous here. These both look uh, pretty outrageous. Although I think people around the world probably look at American food sometimes and say, you know, what is that? It's outrageous. So I guess we can't really judge. Uh, oof, Rachel, this is tough. I'm going to go bubble wrap waffles just because I feel like it's slightly safer than the uh, milk cool, whatever that is. I'm not loving the texture of the, the thing on the bottom there. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the bubble wrap waffles, but not particularly enthused about either of these. Really? See, I'm like, sign me up for both of them. I'm a huge oh. sweet tooth kind of person. So I'll eat both of them for you. Don't, don't worry about that. Are you not a waffle guy? If you're a waffle or pancake guy, which one are you? You know, I actually am a waffle guy. So maybe I'm, uh, you know, selling the bubble wrap waffle short here. I don't know. You can have mine, right? Like, I, I guess maybe dessert. Oh, you know, I like dessert. Don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-dessert. I'm not that guy. But based on what you just said, I don't think I quite have the sweet tooth that you have. So we can get one of each and uh, you can eat both. Perfect. I love it. All right. Um, I believe one last one, obviously. Jaguars, Broncos, who are you taking in this game? Yeah, I, I think it's the Broncos big, right? Like Trevor Lawrence had a lot of hype coming out, and rightfully so. But, man, sometimes it's just a product of where you're drafted. And if I'm Trevor Lawrence, going to Jacksonville just feels like a little bit of a curse. They got rid of the Urban Meyer circus. But still, it's just not that talented of a roster top to bottom. I think the Broncos will be, like I said, like two touchdown favorites in this game. Uh, if they don't win this game, Rachel – Something went really wrong, or the Jaguars are the surprise of the NFL, which I think is a big, big long shot. Um, I, I think the Broncos win big, and I'm, I'm so excited to be there. That's the best part about what we just did the last five minutes is we kept talking about what we're going to do. So we're almost speaking it into existence that we will be in London. 
Oh, 100%. I'm with you, too. I'm taking the Broncos. Um, I think it will be great to be back. Obviously, the third time that this team will be in London um, in, like, the history of the franchise. So, pretty dang cool. Uh, obviously, we're manifesting it. We're going to London. That's what we want. Russell Wilson is obviously going to London, and he was on Good Morning Football this morning. Will, what can you tell us about what he talked about? Yeah, it was really interesting. It was about an eight, nine minute interview on Good Morning Football. You know, he was there to promote the fact that they're going to London, but he got like one question about London and then the rest were about the AFC West and and about returning to Seattle and then about his Broncos teammates. Rachel, two things. One, his answer about returning to Seattle was fascinating. Um, he, he started in the very PC political, oh, it's going to be a great atmosphere and I played there a long time and I love the fans and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like a switch was flipped and he realized he's going to have to go back and play against the team where his and Pete Carroll's relationship fell apart. He played there 10 years. The Seahawks really picked the coach over the QB, which was controversial. Um, I think if they had fired Carroll, they probably could have talked Wilson into staying. And he's like, this is a mission. You know, I'm there to win. I'm going to strap my cleats on and go out there and play my heart out and this and that. Like, he sounded like he was a dude like who's about to like go into battle. Like he was so laser focused and intense about it that I think when Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle, that's the most important game of the year to him. He needs to beat the Seahawks. He wants to beat them big and show they've really made a mistake. You know, you let a franchise QB leave town. Who does that? Your QBs are Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Like <laughs> I think he wants to show the Seahawks what were you thinking. So that was really interesting. And then the AFC West, you know, he gave the standard cliche, oh, Mahomes is great and Herbert's great and Carr is great. But then he talked about how this is not about, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's not about what happens in October, November, December when you're actually playing those games. It's about today. It's about now. Because if you put the work in today and now, then those results will come down the road. And I thought that was so interesting because I think in our lives sometimes – We're so focused on, oh, I have to do this six months from now. Well, you have to do it six months from now. Why not start preparing now? And it'll be that much easier when you actually have to face the task at hand. So it was a little peek inside Russell Wilson's head and sort of what motivates him every day. He's not concerned about playing the Chiefs in, you know, week 14, whenever that schedule comes out next week. He knows that if he puts in the work now, they'll be much better prepared And again, I know that's a little cliche, a little judgy, but like the way he delivered the answer, I would encourage some people to go watch it. Uh, It's in my article on denverfan.com. It was just like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like if if we put in the work on May freaking 4th, then November 20, whatever in Arrowhead is going to be a lot easier for us. So those were the two things that uh, stood out to me from Wilson on NFL Network this morning. All right, well, we need to take that same advice. On May 4th today, we need to go to our bosses and convince them that we need to go to London and prove that we deserve there. We're going to take Russell Wilson's advice so we can head out to the UK, Will. Um, The Rockies, though, they had a unique sign on their scoreboard uh, this past week. So this got a little bit of question marks on Twitter. So it says, game notes. Life pro tip, don't put up with anyone who is reckless with your heart. Life will be dramatically better if you don't pay mind to any heartbreaker, unless it's Pat Benatar song or Mariah Carey song or the Led Zeppelin song. So sum it up, uh, song form heartbreaker equal okay, real life heartbreaker equal tell them to scram. Interesting for a ballpark signage, um, Will, but it kind of leads me into this next part of the show is, What's the best life advice 
you've ever gotten or what's one life like advice that you would give to somebody else? Well, that was really interesting from the Rockies. Yeah. I know they're kind of goofy. They're goofy on social media. Like, you know, but yeah, they're fun. But to put it up at the ballpark uh, was really interesting. And the best life advice I've ever gotten, Rachel, I'll go a little personal, but why not? I don't really care. Is that when you get anxiety or you get overwhelmed, hit the pause button. Right. Like I think we're so go, go, go that, yes, we don't have a literal pause button on us like a video game. But it is a okay to say my mind is all over the place and I'm doing 13 things at once to just hit that pause button. And even if it's 10 minutes of just sitting on your couch, taking some deep breaths or, or 20 minutes to watch an episode of your favorite show or go for a 30 minute quick workout. If you're still in the middle of the workday, whatever it is, hit the pause button because. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to have anxiety, and you have to remember your, remind yourself to do that. So a little deep, but that that's my best life advice, and it, it served me well over the years. How about you? No, 100%. I agree, and I feel like we live in, especially sports too, we're in such a fast-paced world here for both you and I that sometimes we do just have to take it's like take a breath, slow down, realize it's not the end-all, be-all. Like It'll still get covered too, and I feel like that can go for a lot of jobs for parents too. I know like... My sister sometimes it's just like, go, 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 go with her kids. But sometimes she just needs to catch her breath. It's okay to like take a second. If you're two minutes late to dance recital, like everything's going to be all right. The world's you know going mean? still keep spinning. Like exactly, we're still exactly. on this giant ball going around the sun. It's going to keep happening, you know? Exactly. But my <laughs> life advice, and this is one that I literally have to tell myself every single day, Will, and I actually preach it on Twitter all the time, is that hurt people will say hurtful things. So what I say by this, and again, as a woman in sports, I'm so lucky. I'm surrounded by so many incredible men. That's not always the case for people who listen to me. And, you know, we all get the hateful comments. Like, that's just not me as a woman. I'm sure you've gotten it on Twitter, on the radio. People will call you stupid, whatever it is. But I have never once, I personally, I think I'm very happy. You know, I I appreciate my job. I love my life. I have great family and friends, a great boyfriend. I have never once thought about getting on social media and being like, this person is an absolute idiot or this person looks like so-and-so. And I reflect that as I know I'm a happy person, so I don't feel the need to say those things, even if I do disagree with somebody. So I think hurtful or hurt people say hurtful things because I've never once really thought about absolutely just destroying someone on social media. And that's that's my life advice of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, if someone is being, you know, listen, I'm all for debate and discourse and respectful and all that. Like we work in an industry that thrives on that. But if yes. someone's being outright cruel to you or mean, then you're right. There's something going on in their life that they're taking their anger out on you. And I think it's it's really good advice from you. I, I think it's spot on. And I also think, man, you hope that person gets the help, the resources they need. Because if you have to go like that to a stranger on the internet, you got something deep down that's bothering you. So it's a double-edged sword of, yeah, like, what is their issue? And also like, man, I hope they get that figured out because that would be kind of a sad way to exist. My favorite ones are, I obviously, I host on Sunday mornings on 104.3 The Fan. And I'll every single weekend, we read the text line. And I always get somebody who's like, get this Valley girl off the air. And I'm like, well, this Valley girl is probably the job you wish you were doing right now. And I always remind myself of that because I'm sure they would love to be in the chair I'm sitting in. And I'm just extremely lucky to be able to do it. So life advice here on Coffee Break, our Wednesday wisdom, I guess. 
Well, you do a great job, Rachel. Keep killing it. Everyone loves listening to you on Sunday morning. Maybe not everyone. 99% of people. Valley Girl Guide doesn't, but whatever. You do a, you do a really nice job. Uh, we appreciate having you on the team. I've just been here for about three months. You've been very welcoming. Coffee Break's a must-watch. Your digital stuff, your vlogs. Oh, my goodness. Your one this week was so good. They've all been good, but uh, you're killing it, so keep it up. Well, well, appreciate you. Love all your articles on denverfan.com. We're getting sappy here on Coffee Break. That's because I'm tired, but that's <laughs> all right. We got a lot of stuff coming up this week, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Coffee Break. Again, we're back tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Make sure you come hang out with us. We'll see everybody later.